Hey everybody, welcome back to The Producers. This week's episode is Lauren Serpa, and also, technically, our Thanksgiving episode. So, happy Thanksgiving. Um, let's see, let's get right into plugs, because I'm trying to keep the intro short again. Um, check out Lauren's photography pages, Lauren's Super Photographs, I believe she has Instagram, Facebook, all that. Um, I think anything that will that it will be on will be in the description. Um, check out Orbiter Music Park. Um... They hopefully will be up and running soon. Big fan of theirs, so I'm going to keep plugging them. Uh, RVAComedy.com. Check out shows. Check out the social media at RVA Comedy. Uh, RVA Podcast on RVA Podcast Network. Um, network I'm starting. If you want to start a podcast or if you have a local podcast and you want to be a part of a network for whatever reason, more branding, whatever it is, uh, hit me up at RVA Podcast. Or rvpodcast at gmail.com, as well as rvpodcast.org. If you know how to make a website or want to just help me out, I would appreciate it because I don't know yet and I haven't had a chance to look at it. But uh, hopefully, these things will be more prominent in 2019. I kind of started it without a real plan, just got inspired. So, <laughs> TBD. Um, and also, if you want to get in contact with the show, producers cast, uh, social media, at, or, or at gmail.com or dot com. Uh, I think that is all the plugs. Um, oh, uh, Trash Bang. Check out Trash Bang's YouTube channel. I want to plug that too down. That's going to be a regular thing, I hope, if I remember. Uh, great. Well, let's get right into it. This is a great episode. I totally know that because I'm totally not recording this intro well before I am doing the episode. So, totally. Seltzer water fan. No? Oh. No. Okay, well, I'll drink both of them. You, to- you probably you should. You can have this and I'll have this. <laughs> what is this? Vino Verde. Ooh. Never had this. Probably one of my favorite things about the show with all the people bringing stuff is like, I just try all these things I've never tried before. Yeah, it's a Joni and Lauren favorite. Oh. Interesting. For sure. Oh, I should have Joni on the show. Yes. Oh my gosh. I don't know Joni that well. Shout out to Joni. She's a very interesting person. It's so funny. The relationship that you, Josh, and Joni have just seems very tight-knit, and I see a lot of similarities in it. Yeah. Like my friends. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, It's probably like the strongest friendship I've had in a really long time. Oh, I feel that very much. Did you guys meet doing theater stuff? Um, No, I met Joni through like a book club. A real book club? Yeah, like a real book club. Oh, interesting. Where we read books. Um, <laughs> just like with a bunch of girls that I know. And 
then Josh and Joni knew each other since like uh, what, high school, middle school. So I met him later on through her. And then he ended up coming around the theater. Mm-hmm. And now he's, you know, I that's see him so crazy. all the time. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy to think about how like just the chance meetings that you just kind of had and everything kind of just turned into this like real real thing. Yeah. The theater's a good place for, for doing that. Um, I always feel, when I, when I host a show, I always feel very compelled when I think about it to introduce my guest. You're Lauren Serpa. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. It's always, well, sometimes, I remember one episode, I, I think I introduced them at like the 90-minute mark. <laughs> Because we just got right into it. Been talking? Well, I guess you put the name on the description, so. Yeah, and I do usually try to mention it in the yeah. intro, but I'm always, the intros are so weird to, like, record. I hate doing them so much. I must I must redo them, like, eight times each time. I think that's something that comes with uh, practice. I've like, done it. Oh, hello. Hi. Uh, this is Matthew's cat, Millie. Oh, okay. I've, uh, I oh, feel like gosh. I know you because I've heard about you on the podcast. <laughs> so many times. <laughs> Um, but like some of my favorite <clears throat> podcasts, you know, like um, I used to listen to WTF a lot and Mark Marin. I feel like there was a time when his intros were kind of rambling along and then they've got, you know, more concise. And also he just became a happier person. <laughs> I honestly, so in terms of podcasting, I've, I've talked about this before, but I'm a big Pete Holmes fan and Pete Holmes oh, yeah. basically started his podcast off of Marin's. Mm-hmm. Like, Marion was, like, I guess the first comedian to, like, start doing a real thing, and everyone just kind of jumped on it. Um, but I never listened to Marin, so I do know his story about definitely him being happier and everything. Yeah. But I can't, like, how many episodes would you, like, guess he has, Marin? Oh, gosh. Uh, I think you said a thousand? Oh, I don't know if I would say a thousand, but, like, several hundred? Definitely. Because I know yeah. Pete has, like, 300. Here's cups if we want cups. Cool. Um, yeah, he's at like several hundred and I remember I got to like a hundred of them when I was working my old data job. Um, yeah, I would definitely agree that I've noticed, uh, I've gotten slightly better, but I feel like, I feel like a lot of pressure, like, especially when I do like the, the Instagram things, like to say like a lot of nice things about oh, yeah. the person, but I'm like, oh, this feels disingenuous. Like, let's just say who they are and like talk about them and then they'll see that I like this person kind of thing. Yeah. I, I feel like that way too. Sometimes when I post like headshots of a person, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do only post like things I genuinely feel about that person. But sometimes I feel like I'm like, does this look forced? You yeah. Know, like, the magnificent, powerful woman. So-and-so here's her picture, you know? It could definitely, I feel like it could come off that way, but I, I don't know. I've, I would, I guess, because I know you, I would interpret it that way. But that might be because I know you. Yeah. But I can imagine, so, so you are a photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why that was a question. I know you're a photographer. <laughs> um, like, done, I think you hired me once. <laughs> we definitely did. Um, <laughs> that was funny for detective. We took, oh, the, we had the best team pictures. Although I can't really fun. look down on anyone else's because I loved all of theirs. But Resident Ghost, so you remember that one? Everyone's just on Tom's belly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Memorable, for sure. Yes. <laughs> Such a contrast of teams. Yeah. Um, okay, so, yeah, I guess let's get right into it. Because um, I, I do want to I do want to know photography. That's the first thing that... Um, that's my first intro to you, I would say. Oh, okay. Other than theater stuff. But I, re- I re- recognize now that I watch a lot of theater shows, but I don't recognize people from... Like, I probably saw you on stage. Oh, sure. Yeah. But I don't, I didn't know. I was so new. I didn't recognize. Yeah. But like, so a lot the, of people to take in. 
So I think the first thing was because you have that headshot of like the white background or whatever. It's like really yeah. intense. Like, oh, badass, <laughs> and uh, you had you did a lot of photography, and there's like a lot of theater picks and all these other like jazz picks and all that stuff. And I'm just like, this is so cool, like because you were like the you and Amber are the two people who I know who do photography at the theater. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so you were the first one I saw. Oh, okay. And so, uh, how long? I guess how the first like genuine question: How long have you been doing photography? Oh boy, I'm not good at questions about. Length of time. Uh, just well, would you say would would a long time suffice? If I if I gave like a quick run through, I'd say like, uh, I think like twelve years ago, my mom bought me this like not a point and shoot, but nicer than that camera for like Christmas. And I go to a lot of music shows because I went to music school, so like all my friends are in bands and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'll just play around with this camera, take some pictures at these shows. And then I felt like I was getting better and better at that. And then next thing I know. Friends were asking me if I would come to their shows to take pictures, which, I mean, looking back on those pictures now, I'm like, oh, my God, why <laughs> did I give those to anyone? But, you know, and then over the years, lots and lots of practice, and it's kind of just organically become like a business. Yeah, because um, I can, okay, I'm trying, what was wrong with the pictures that you took, those pictures? Oh, like uh, your your earlier work, where you, like I'll uh, look back on like old podcasts or videos sure. I've made, and I'm like, ooh, so I yeah. get that. But like, uh, just, I'd say just like any artistic endeavor, you know, your beginnings before you've had time to practice and pinpoint things you want to work on. Mm-hmm. You know, like damn, I'm talking like blurry pictures, you know, with like not well composed and the light is horrible. Interesting. Weird faces, people are not flattering to <laughs> not the people, flattering. and then you know that's kind of how. I f- like look like at the time I was like wow, these are the best pictures I've ever taken in my life, you know. And looking back now, I'm like oh my god, they're so. We've worked a lot since then. <laughs> yeah, I will say that uh, I definitely notice a, a certain quality that you don't see in everyday like photography with your pictures because like they are they are so much. I don't want to say much better because I don't really know your backlog, but like I can see like the make this person look flattering and like no blurriness and all the things you just mentioned, like not, not present. Yeah. I don't know. Photography is always something that I've never understood. And I feel like I have a basic understanding of like, I don't want to say most arts, but like most things I've been exposed to and photography, photography for me, I mean, yeah, like lights and all that stuff, but it just seems like something that I've struggled to really understand how to be good at it and how, cause like I said, you can do the lights and stuff, but it's more than just like the technical aspects. It has to be some more than that, right? Yeah, I think, I mean, it changes for me all the time. Sometimes I'm not interested in taking, like, a beautifully composed picture. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I really want to document the scene right now. So if, oh, there was that documentary um, a few years back called Muscle Shoals about, um, what was it? I guess it was a studio, and so many people... Um, recorded music there and they had a picture for like every single moment that was talked about in this documentary and I was like oh man I want to have I want to have that for for Richmond you know like I want to have a big part of musical history from right now so that's kind of I don't know sometimes I think of it like that and then sometimes you know I'm shooting headshots and I'm like okay I want to make this person seem uh, like someone might want to hire them for work you know, and capture what they actually look like and make them happy with what they look like. I don't know, it changes. But then also, I mean, iPhone cameras are so good now that it's easy to just snap a regular old mm-hmm. picture out of your pocket and make it look beautiful, and I appreciate that too. 
Photog- I don't know. The photography is so many things. So what what like motivates you to do that? Is it is it the the picture you're taking or the act of taking them or something else I'm not aware of? Because I guess those are only two things I can really round out. Um, I think what motivates me is the practice of it. Ooh. Just like music, you know, it's like um, having something creative to practice and, and work on on my own that doesn't involve anybody else, really. I mean, you know, subject, but. I like to have something that I'm working on. Like, I love waking up on a Sunday morning, making some coffee, and then just, like, sitting at my computer and being like, okay, what are the shots I took this week? What am I working on? You know, what what do I want to make these things look like? Am I in a phase right now? Am I, you know, sometimes I like to do portraits where the background is black, and I'm just really digging into that kind of portrait. You know, sometimes I'm just wanting to capture the lights in a venue. So, uh... I don't know. It's the practice of it. I guess it's kind of a, the the way I'm thinking about it is like you're in this world and you can do a lot of different things. And it's yeah. like that's your vessel to do those things is the pictures you've taken and the act of taking new pictures. Yeah. You said, you said um, <clears throat> is there something I'm working on? Um, I guess this is me being naive again with fifth photography. But like is there other bigger projects within just taking pictures that you are involved in? Like, is there, is that, is it just taking pictures or do you like put them together in a collection or I guess take pictures for like a website or a It just magazine? depends on the day, you know? So there's, to- there's, so there's plenty of things that yeah. I don't even realize. Right. Like, I mean, last year, last winter was like headshot winter for me. Like I wasn't, I was just for myself exploring, um, the backgrounds and lighting I have at my house. And so I was just inviting tons and tons of friends over and just like, it was the winter of headshots and headshots on a black background, exploring where these lights were to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lots of times too, like last, last weekend, my focus was getting a good collection of photos to show for this event that I had to photograph and, you know, make sure I captured all the moments that they would think were important so they could send in their newsletter, you know, how this event went. I guess there's something really amazing in being able, I guess, because this kind of is similar to podcasting a little bit, but it's, I feel like a little different because you're capturing a moment where you're, like you say, you're trying to make this person look good or like really trying to just create something really nice, whereas I'm trying to do it for an hour plus, so that's a lot harder. And it's also meant to be more genuine, whereas a photograph, I guess you can interpret that. I'm just, I love the, I love photography because, because I don't understand it. I think that's one of the main reasons, but because it is something that is so prevalent. I'm such a visual person and the fact that, um, it's something that you can capture. And if you do it well, it's really nice. I think that's why I'm so drawn to photography in general. Well, yeah. And I think there are a lot of levels to it. I don't understand yet. Like I took a few years ago at the VMFA, this workshop with, golly, I wish I could remember the guy's name, this photographer who's kind of a big shot and he'd been traveling around the world taking all these amazing photos and he was showing us what he does to develop a photo and I was like, oh my god, I'm like, I'm not even close to understanding where he's going with this because he was saying he takes like two and a half hours plus working on every single photo that he ever works on. Each photo is Two and a half hours? Yeah. And, I mean, he kind of showed us his process. And, you know, his end product was incredible. And I was like, wow, that that is not where my brain is. I'm not, I'm not seeing that. Is it, like, editing the photo to make it, like... Yeah, it was editing. I mean, 
it was also the way he took them, but it's, it's, he kind of talked us through, like he did street photography, you know, just took random subjects off the street. And then, yeah, it was all about the editing and it was a really long process. Ooh, you just kind of, you just tickled another thought. Um, I think one of the most famous photographers that I know, and a lot of people would know, and I want to hear your take because you mentioned street photography, uh, Humans of New York. Oh yeah. I, I like that one because I feel like it does capture the, the person, and then there's like a little story which I always, always did appreciate. Yeah. Is is he is he is he well liked in the, the photography community? I guess. I don't know. Uh, I have never been in a discussion about him with any photographers before. I he was. I remember being a fan of him in like post high school. Big fan. I, I don't know. And now he's on Instagram, so it's way easier than yeah, Facebook. Yeah, he's really cool. Yeah, he has his own thing, and he keeps it going. Would you say you have your own thing, or you're developing your own thing? I I think I'm still in the development developmental stages. Oh, that's I also so awesome. 12, just, 12 years in, and I'm like, I'm still developing. That's so cool. Oh, and I hope, for, I hope to always kind of feel like that. You know, I don't ever want to feel like I arrived at something. I want yeah. to always feel like I'm getting somewhere. Well, because I feel like a lot of times with... I don't say create a project or something, but like you hope to get somewhere. Like you have a goal. You're like, I'm trying to get here. Sometimes I have a goal. Sometimes and that, that changes. That's well, okay. I will, I will, I'll, I'll, I'll clarify. I feel like sometimes for me, cause I'm a completionist. It's like, I want to be this. And I feel like you are in this. Yeah, I have a goal. Like I want to complete this thing, which is a project, but like, you're never like, I need to be this kind of photographers i need to be able to do all this and do all this you're more like i like learning and like doing all these great things and it's kind of going with it a little bit yeah and to me that's i think the purest form of creation and art artistry all that nonsense is just like just being happy learning and then and actually like the craft you have like just like figuring out how that works whether it's te- technologically or um whatever else there could be yeah and within that i feel like i'm reaching goals like you know, I constantly have photo sets that either I have due for a project I've been hired for or something I am working on that I'm like, okay, I need to have figured this out by next month and have something to show for it. If nothing else, just to put on Instagram, just, you know, to have a finished something. But that's never like the end. It's like, okay, so that was a part of my learning and we're moving on. Okay. Um, what would you say... Because now I'm just curious. What would you say, like, one of your favorite projects that you've ever worked on would be? Oh, gosh. Because hmm. I feel like, because um, <clears throat> I get this question a lot, too, um, with some of my, like, work, like, with doing the podcast. It's like, um, if, I, if I'm if i telling someone who doesn't heard about it or someone wants, like, a recommendation, it's like, which one's your favorite? And for me, it's like, they're all different kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it, each one's its own separate project, and each one has its own separate kind of things. Yeah. Um. So I can't imagine, I'm not trying to like, what's your favorite photo you've ever taken? But like, what's a project that really had like a big impact or a very inspiring impact? Um, I, I guess I would say a couple. I would say um, that headshot phase I went into last winter that I kind of want to enter into again this winter with different kind of backdrop ideas. Ooh, um, dibs. Huh? Okay, dibs. yeah, yeah. Um, that just because I had... I just had so much fun playing with that, but there was also this big social aspect where I just had tons of people coming over yeah. all the time, and and I really enjoy having to like spend the time with someone and figure out how to make them feel like they can look like themselves. Oh, interesting. You know, everybody has like a fake way of looking, like a fake smile, but if you can kind of like spend enough time with someone 
and figure out what makes them laugh, you know, and what makes them comfortable. You can catch them looking the way they actually look. And that's the best feeling for me. It's like when somebody sees a picture of themselves and they're like, oh, man, this is me. This is what I look like. I like that. Instead of like, oh, it's such a weird smile I did. Why can't I just have a more natural smile or whatever? No, I totally get that. Yeah. I've gotten headshots done once. Um, and my most my, my favorite one is the one I use on all my things where I'm not even looking at the camera. Because I'm like, that's, to me, way more comfortable oh, yeah. of a look. I know than, the one you're talking about. Yeah. So, yeah. like, actually, Josh made me a thing. And then, I, I know. <laughs> and then Anthony made me a calendar with my oh, nice. headshot on it. Um, yeah. So that one, I totally can... Cause and, and I feel like you get this a lot too, where people when you post like a batch of pictures from like a theater show or something, everyone's like looking to theirs, like where am I in these photos, and mm-hmm. they're liking their like, oh my no, I look good in that one kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, cause I do that too, and that goes back to like when I would play sports and like put someone's mom take pictures that that game or whatever, and oh, like, yeah. go check it out. So, um, yeah, it's fun to have documentation of a thing. Absolutely, I always my mom. My mom's a picture taker, so like. Uh, I always, I don't want, I'm not, I don't want to be the friend that takes pictures, uh, but I always want to have a friend that takes pictures because I feel like that's when, you know, they catch the moments and things like that. Or I, when, when people on stage are trying to take pictures too, like of cool oh, moments. Yeah. Um, but I always feel like that's a, that's a thing. That's a real thing that you just described of like, how can I make someone look normal? Yeah. Not like posing. That, I'd say that's one of my favorite projects. And then my other other favorite projects are when um, I like going with a band somewhere and taking pictures of, like, them hanging out and then them being on stage. Like, I, I went on tour with No BS one time for a couple of weeks, and that was really fun. I just had two whole weeks of just, like, taking pictures on the bus and when we're hanging out, when they're on stage, when they're doing all different kinds of things. Another cool one was um, I got to go to Australia, um, I don't know, probably like six or so years ago, with this group called, um, what was it called, Sounds of the South, and they played at the Sydney Opera House, and I got to like get a photo pass and just be like walking around the Sydney Opera House taking pictures of wow. this show. Yeah, that was really awesome. How, how long were you in the Sydney Opera House for, like a couple hours? Um, I think they performed two days in a row, so we were it's there two, two days in a row. So I'm assuming that there were a lot of pictures of just, like, the opera house inside. Of course. Cool. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And that of course, sounds the so outside. Cool. Yeah. Oh, man. That sounds really cool, because yeah. I will say the only thing the only time, other than, like, Googling it, I've seen that is in Finding Nemo. But, like, it still looks like a really cool place. And picturing yes. someone, like, a photographer with, like, a camera, just like, what can I take pictures of? And there's, like, everything. Oh, yeah. So oh, and we went whale watching, and I got this great picture of a whale jumping out of the water. It was, I it was such a good picture. experience. Oh, my God. That's so cool. I love that. So this is what I'm saying. Photography is so great because it's like, uh, and also being an improviser, um, you lose these great moments and the only, the only memories of them are retelling a set that you love. Like the cornfield big bosses set was top five in my (laughs) mind. And I, I'll try to explain that to everyone who, if it ever, if a conversation comes up, we're talking about greatest sets. That one, the first time I ever saw it, Detours, was, in my mind, one of the best ones. Things like that. So, like, photography, I feel like, is capturing these moments and also making them look way cooler than they probably were. And that's why I think I love it as an art, because it's it's so different than the other art forms. But it is so strong in its own kind of thing. Yeah, and it can, it can really take you back to a moment. 
Oh, absolutely. Man, that's even... So I think about all like the football pictures. That's why I see that's my thing because when I set out to do the show, it was like I want to talk to before this is before I was even doing theater stuff. So it was like I want to talk to different artists from different kind of fields and hear different things. Like early get for me was Dashiell, and we talked mostly oh, yeah, about that one. that one. I want to do it again because I feel like I know I'm a little bit better and I'm a little bit better host. I feel like it'd be a lot different of an episode than the first one. Yeah. I was also really nervous because him and, him and Ryan are two of the, the big gets for me early on. Single digits, I'm getting those people. I don't even know them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so him talk, talking to him about, I believe, a lot of painting and stuff. And uh, I actually, <clears throat> I dated a painter for a little while and getting to hear like her talk about it and like how intense it is. Like completely different thing that I am so interested in, have no interest in participating in. Like getting exposed to that and seeing how the person who has been in that process thinks. Yeah. Especially with photography, it's just like, hell yeah. So I talked to uh, Celeste about photography as well. Oh, yeah. Celeste. That's actually how I met Celeste. Through photography? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Man. And then she showed up at the theater. I was like, oh, I know you. Oh, see, I was saying these chance meetings. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, so you're a music teacher? Yep. Do you play a lot of music? Uh, wait, wait, hang on. Okay. First, I have a very important question. Okay. Uh, have you listened to any recent episodes? Um. Uh, yes. Jonathan Nelson. Oh, okay. Perfect. So then you know that this... What's your go-to breakfast? Okay. Um. Uh, I'm sorry to say for you that I eat the same thing every day. <laughs> um, I, I threw a lot of shade. I'm, I, I will take this moment to say I don't care if people eat the same thing every day. It was just nice to, to I think it's Jonathan was the one who eats different things, right? Yes. Um, yeah. It's nice to meet, meet another one of my kind. Yeah, I, uh, I, I go through phases, but right now I'm in like a, uh, like a whole grain toast vibe with, uh, almond butter crunchy almond butter on it and i throw some chia seeds and flax seeds on there and then cut up some banana and that's it Christ, how much time do you have in the morning oh dude this takes like one minute to prepare like chop 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 throw some seeds on there and you're eating and you're out the door man yeah. i i don't know what it is but the uphill battle of the morning just prevents me from from any breakfast making like a smoothies as far as i could go and i just don't do that very often yeah. Last year I was really good. I would like on Sunday hard boil a bunch of eggs and just like grab some of those things on the way out the door. But now I'm like Sunday, I don't want to be doing doing I, all this preparation for the week. I have photos to edit. Uh <laughs> I don't know if she was kidding, but that reminds me Rachel Marsh said that she hard boils eggs every morning. Every morning, yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's some time. You gotta boil water, that's a that's that's eight minutes. Yeah, but I don't know. I work with a lot of people who really enjoy their, like, morning time before getting out the door, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm not a morning person. Dude, me neither. I am, like, sleep till the last second, and then mm-hmm. snooze, like, a little more, and then snooze <laughs> a little more, and then, oh, my God, it's time to go. Hurry up. I have to I have to set multiple alarms, and I feel like Same. when I meet someone who doesn't, I'm like, oh, my God, you're a crazy person. Oh, if I don't set an alarm, I'll sleep till at least 1 o'clock. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing right now. I have to wake up early tomorrow. I'll take my sister to the airport, so... Hmm. I'm not excited. <laughs> I'm not excited. Because I know I'm not going like, to go to... Anyway. Um, <laughs> okay, so music. Um, okay. Actually, no, because I feel like I want to... What was your first creative moment? That is my favorite. I'm, I'm yeah. going to stall a bit to give you a second to think about it. Or are you ready? Well, I don't know. I've been thinking about this today. Um, oh, good, because you knew you were... Okay. Yeah. I can't, I can't think of a time when I didn't find myself drawn to creative things you know I, I drew a lot as a kid 
and I did a lot of like origami. I was super into that. I remember like I was obsessed with art class. Started playing the flute at age ten, and I was just always doing stuff like that. So I feel like I was always journaling and writing stuff. Uh, so you got to find the first memory that you have of a creative memory. thing. It's my favorite thing because I feel like it really kind of sets the trajectory, and also along the way, you see this is where I stall. Uh, you kind of learn other things that people have done, like <clears throat> people, different people drawing, or uh, people who you don't know play music. Play Maybe music. my first moment is learning to play the flute. Interesting. Do you yeah. still play the flute? Yeah, I majored in that in college. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, I had no idea. Surprise. A flautist? Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Do you play any other instruments, or is it... Uh, I mean, I, I, I have it. had to learn to play, like, everything because of music school. Mm-hmm. But um, mostly flute. I have to play piano for my job. I've mm-hmm. had some saxophone gigs here and there before. You've had a gigs where you play saxophone? Yeah. That, okay. Because uh, as I was saying, do you ever, do you ever like, compose? Because... I play the guitar, and that's pretty much it. Um, and so it's, I knowing how that works, I feel like it's really easy because you can make a song out of that. But like, I feel like if you're playing the flute, like, how do you compose music? Uh, for flute, I don't tend to compose my own stuff. I'll, I've had like um, studio gigs where I'll come in and they just put some music in front of me and I, I'll read that. You know, so I do that, but I don't tend to compose for myself. Do you, with any of your other learned instruments, do you ever, like, compose? I mean, I compose for kids all the time. You know, a lot of what I do is just stuff I made up. Interesting. In my job, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I don't think... I think about, like, my music class, and it's mostly, like, watching Blue Man Group videos and playing the recorder. Stuff is so different now. (laughs) Stuff is different, and I just, like, really love figuring out ways to get across to kids, uh... What you know, how to enjoy music and how they can create it on their own. And so my goal is, you know, by the time they get out of there, they can all read it off a of staff. They can all compose, like actually writing it on a music staff. And they, you know, have basic knowledge of, you know, what instruments are, what an orchestra is, how to learn about music or world music that they might be interested in, you know. Um, just be aware of how to find more music than what they've already been exposed to. So you're saying that they don't play the Blue Man Group in class anymore? I remember one time, one time I played a clip of it because a kid requested it. <laughs> that would be but like, I, that's my kid. <laughs> yeah, and I, I actually play like little clips of things all the time because, mm. you know, I love YouTube because, you know, now you can just show a kid uh, something from across the world and they can actually see what it really looks like. Yeah, that was... Hear it. <laughs> so I had, I had two comments when you were done with what you were saying. It was a Blue Man comment, which I thought was hilarious. Um, because that's true. That's something I watched a lot. But the other one was like, that's something that I totally wish I had had. And I feel like that is the, the purest form of teaching is like, this is what... These are what your options are. This is what is out there. And if you're interested in it, this is how you can get like this is the these are the first few steps of how to get into um, this thing that I'm showing you and I feel like I never had that the first time I ever realized that I could play an instrument mm-hmm. was I was 17 and I needed an, an extra class and I oh gosh. just took guitar and I loved it yeah <clears throat> and I, I realized if I had learned that years before I don't know if I would have been into it because I was a kid but like. I had the option. I've been exposed to, you know, the opportunity. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know, man. I, I wish I had had a good music class, too. I got kids all the time coming in like, oh, my gosh, Miss Erba, I have to teach you about this composer I just looked up last night. Oh it's a my kid gosh. my age who made up their own music, and here's how you can find it. You know, they're they're super excited, and they're coming to school, and they're teaching me about what they're learning at home, you know, based off what they're doing in class. It's really cool. I feel like um, there's not many teachers who can inspire a student to want to learn. I hope that's not true. No, it well for me, maybe maybe just my experience, but like I can so let's see I had like 12 teachers, well more than that cuz you had multiple classes. So like let's say I had 40 teachers. I'd say about 7 or ones that I'm like, "Thank you, Mrs. Montgomery." Or Oh, sure. I mean, then that's a good that's a good number. You know, you can't reach every single kid deep down, but you know, I think that part of this job is you sure should be trying. Exactly, and that's where I think because uh, I one of the things I've talked I don't remember how I've talked about it, but is the uh, the balance between work and creativity, and how for someone like me, my job has no creativity. Mm. Like I am not flexing those muscles at work, but I'm doing breaks up very much during the non-working hours. Whereas someone like Sean has instances where he is and then gigs where he's not really he's just kind of doing technical aspects yeah. but um and then i'm sure there's other people whose jobs are completely creative maybe like a writer or something like that and so when i think about it, like your job my first thought was like oh there's not really gonna be much creativity oh man but that was yeah i was like, i'm so wrong because there's oh, so yeah. much and, um, and how, first of all and just how you can teach the class what you can teach but i'm sure it goes way deeper than that yeah you can <laughs> My Twitter class, or my classrooms on Twitter. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, you totally catch a glimpse of it if you ever wanted to. What is that? What does it mean? My <laughs> classes on Twitter. It's like a super big push right now for uh, schools to be on Twitter. Which at first I was like, "Woof, that is weird." Just put kids out there like that. But I have found that, um, you know, I just post little little clips of things that I'm doing in class and little things the kids are creating, and uh, you know, pieces they're working on with instruments, and then I'll find just with like hashtags and stuff that there are the music teachers all around the country who are doing similar things or cooler things and we're like stealing each other's ideas and you know i'll get like you know uh private messages that are like hey that thing was really cool can you send me that and so it's been a cool like networking thing it's using like a community. twitter yeah yeah oh my gosh that's such a cool thing i know one of my friends his wife, Jake, his wife, Amanda, is a teacher, and they have, like, a thing. And I mean, it's just, like, a general teacher or social that's, like, post about <clears throat> the things that they're doing in class. But I feel like that's in the exact same vein, maybe just, like, on the music side of it. Where it's, or I'm sure maybe even, like, regular teachers who just do music sections in their class can still kind of get involved. But, yeah, I, other than her, I never thought, like, it went deeper than just, like, oh, Amanda has a Twitter for her class. But hearing you say that, I'm like, oh, my God, that's got to be a huge thing. I'm, I'm like a super teaching dork too. I mean, like I'm really into Please. it. <laughs> Please. Yeah. I, I love what I do. I love going to work every day. Oh, that's such a great thing. Cause my job's pretty boring. I love the kids I teach. I love their families. You know? So, so what, what percentage would you say? I don't want to say percentage with the, the, I guess the spectrum I set up, which is me not using creativity at all sometimes. And then like always, always, you think you every day, always. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. And how do you think that it is affected? Because you said you love your kids, but like, 
when you're doing a creative project, let's say by yourself with your like photography or something, it's all on you. Everything's kind of, you can, you can kind of <clears throat> predict how it's going to go and set it up so that it goes that way. But dealing with kids, I'm sure. And like, how big is like an average class? Somewhere between like twenty five and twenty eight. I don't right in my in my school, it tends to be between like twenty four and twenty eight. And they're how old? Uh, age five through eleven. Oh wow. Okay, so th- I teach like the whole school, like K through five. So there's a lot of variance in in what uh, maybe you want to do and what does end up happening. How do you feel? And I want you to feel free to touch on general tones of creativity that. It works when you are not only depending on other people for a certain thing to go where you want it to go, communicate what you want to communicate in terms of teaching, but also in terms of creativity where you are creating something. Um, how does it differ when so many other people are involved? Um, well, in the past couple of years, we, there's been a big push for letting kids have their own like voice and choice. Them like, like I teach the concepts, I give them the structure of what we want to do. And then let them do the creating. And the cool thing is that, uh, you know, we take a concept and that whatever comes of it looks completely different in every single class every single day and might look different for the same class next week, you know? So, like, maybe this week we're talking about tempo. I can ask them what are different ways you can show tempo. Can you write a song that has a fast tempo or a slow tempo? Can you move your body to different tempos? You know, can we... And I ask them how they want to show it. So um, the cool thing about it is that they're always creating and telling me kind of what they want to do. You know, like I'll give them maybe a song we're using for whatever concept. And then they, you know, what instrument do you want to put this part on? Do you want to put it on drums or you want to put it on a xylophone? Xylophone? Okay, cool. Do you want to play it fast on the xylophone or slow? Do you like the way it is, or should we change it? Would you like to add to the song, or do you want to make it shorter? You know, should we repeat it? So they're constantly changing and creating, which is cooler for me. Interesting. Yeah, it keeps it more interesting. Yeah. Keeps it fresh too. Yeah. You're not just doing this. You're not just like droning on the same lecture. Oh yeah. I feel like you don't. Based on what you say, you don't do any lecturing like ever. Not really. No. There's like no. I try to actively engage them in whatever concept I'm trying to get across that day or concepts. That's yeah. With a lot of movement, a lot of song, a lot of the echo things I say. So we've, we've established that your job does have a lot of like creative, uh, elements. Yes. Um, do you ever find, do you ever find it draining? Yeah. Yeah. Like today. <laughs> so I want to push it to draining creatively. Because you are involved in an improv community and your photography, and I don't know if there's more, but like that's already two things that could take up a lot of time. And especially in the past, with like when the Johnsons were performing more regularly and maybe mm-hmm. practicing more often, um, there's a lot of time, right? A lot of effort that needs to be put in. Um, <clears throat> and I, I, I believe you, because I see posts from you a lot, I believe you're taking photos a lot of the time, yeah. Um, so creatively, how is the drag on you because hmm. I feel like for me my thought is maybe there it does have an overall kind of pull but I feel like maybe that your job and what you do are two different things so like mm-hmm. it, it's play on this and then it switches to play on this which is a little bit of the same but mostly not yeah would you say that's like an accurate way to look at it um, well I guess 
to me, like, it's, like, I don't have any control over whether I can do my job at school, so I have to be doing that. And when you're with kids, you have to be 100% on all the time. And then I can come home and be like, okay, well, I do not have the energy to work on these photos today. I'm going to have to work twice as long tomorrow or something. It does drain me so that I can I don't feel like I can come home sometimes and, like, really dig into something else. And so, I mean... In an improv, I wouldn't call it a practice or anything. But, yeah, sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, again, I go to this practice. And then I'm always glad I did. And, it, you know, it's fun. That's how I feel Coffee about Coffee and naps. Coffee and naps. Coffee and naps. That's how I feel about this show sometimes. It's yeah. like before someone will come over, depending on the day, I'm just like, I, I, have, I don't have it. I don't have it. And then it happens. I'm like, oh, yeah. so glad. That's such a great episode kind of thing. Well, in the daylight savings, darkness has hit, too. That's, so I leave and it's that's dark. That's an energy, energy suck. I don't understand it, because I feel like it used to get dark around like 6, 6.30, and now it's dark at 4, and I'm like, it was one hour. What happened? Yeah, I know. I don't have a window in my classroom at school, so it's always a surprise to like walk out to go home, and I'm just like, what? It's dark already? I it's missed so, it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, perfect. That completely lost my train of thought. Um, improv, we kind of, you touched on it. Um, how long have you been doing improv? Uh, let's see. I think I started taking classes in like, I want to say 2012. That was when the theater was already the theater. Mm. Was that before? I think the theater became a theater in 2013, because when I finished taking classes in Carytown, auditions happened right away, and I auditioned into the first group of people into the theater. I'm always confused, because the shirt says established 2009, and then 2011. I think they're talking about the Comedy Coalition. So the group itself existed before there was a theater. So mm-hmm. like they were performing at like Gallery 5 and art galleries and stuff. That's right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the it doesn't... Shop. 2012 for you. Yeah. What 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 got you into classes? That's something I always love hearing about because everyone's so random and just like. Yeah. Um. So my I have summers off, and uh, my boyfriend went on his first like world tour that year. World tour. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. He's a musician, so he was gone for like I don't know like a month or so at a time and then you come home for a few weeks so I was like I gotta find something to do so um, I had had a friend who told me about the Comedy Coalition and that it was so fun and I had gone to a few shows and I was like there's no way I'm ever gonna do that that's terrifying so I'm assuming you didn't do any theater in like high school or before that I didn't no I was interested in it and I was too scared so I didn't do it Mm -hmm. but um, so then this friend you know I I went to a couple shows and I saw them and finally I was like okay I'll sign up for a class and if it's horrible or I feel terrible about it, I will just never go again after the first class. And so I remember, like, I showed up to the first class ever, like, 20 minutes early. And at the time, it was in Carytown, and the block that it was on was, like, um, an adult bookstore. And I remember just, like, sitting there nervously, like, okay, maybe I'm sick. Maybe I should go home. Maybe I, maybe I can't do it today. I'll just come next week. And then I started to notice, like, people walking kind of, like, looking nervously around as they walked to their cars. And I was like, why are all these people acting so nervous? And I realized they were uh, leaving the adult bookstore and looking kind of like creeping, you know? And um, so that became my like little funny thing that I would watch before going into comedy <laughs> class every week. Just sit there and watch the people come out of yeah. this weird store. Yeah. But um, 
Yeah, every week I was always so scared to go to class. But then it would be, you know, two hours of hysterical laughter every every single week. Who, who taught your 101? Who taught my 101? Dustin Coriel. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've, I've recently gotten to, to, to acquaintance with Dustin. Very cool dude. Oh, yeah. Dustin's awesome. <clears throat> that is... That's so funny. That you, is that store still there? I think so, yeah. <laughs> I gotta, I've never seen uh, the space before, the theater. It probably doesn't look the same. Probably not. Well, because it wasn't, it wasn't like... It was just a big room upstairs from a shop in Carytown, and we just like had classes there. That was it. So you were like, I'm going to take this class, and I don't like it enough to come back. So the first class went well then. Yeah. Oh, it was so fun. And then, you know, we had our class show at um, in Manchester at, what is it, the shop. Mm. And then, um, yeah, and then I just kept taking classes. And I had one of those groups that carried through, you know, from 101 to 401 mostly. Any, any names that I might recognize, friends of the show? Um, yeah. Let me think for a second. Zane I took classes with from 101. Oh, wow. Grace, I think, ended up in my group at, like, 201. Um, I think... I don't know. Did Hillowitz end up in a class with me? Maybe you didn't. I can't remember. God, it's so hard to remember. Uh, Yes. The answer is yes. I just can't remember exactly who. A bunch (laughs) of my people ended up on Da Vinci. Okay. I remember we all auditioned at the same time, and we were all like, oh, yeah, we're a shoe, and this is going to be great. We'll all be together. And then they all kind of got into Da Vinci and... You know, I mean, of course, I love the Johnsons, but it was just like, oh my gosh, I don't know these people. Oh, that's so crazy. Are they gonna like about. me? I don't know. Yeah. I remember um, my first auditions. Uh, Matthew and I ended up on different teams, and he was like my best friend. Um, he was like the only person I knew. Yeah. At the time, because uh, we had an indie team together. Oh yeah. And uh, I remember thinking the same thing, like, oh, I don't know any of these people. And like, I love detectives so much. Yeah, like, and it's crazy so good how it to have out. to explore with different people. Yeah, and I, I mean, I've done, I've done like different shows with different people, and it's always a fun experience. And you're like, I've never gotten to like play with this person. Like, I played with Bob on Friday for the rehappening, oh, yeah. for the opener, on the one year anniversary of my 201 showcase, and he, oh. he was my 201 teacher. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, it was like I, I told him right before we went on stage. I'm like, oh, did you did you know? Did you see that? He's like, I did see that. I'm like, oh. it's kind of crazy that that's what today is. Yeah, so that's so funny. So you loved. So it just worked out. Yeah. Love being around the people, you know, it's the kind of group that we always went out um, after class every time, which we would always go to um, the Daily. No, not the Daily, I'm lying. The uh, Extras, that's what it was. We went to Extras. Oh, I know where that is. Yeah. I've been, I've been there once. And we would just uh, hang out. Just hang out. See, that, that was something <clears throat> I always did in 101. Um, we always, always, always went out. Um, and then it kind of just like, they actually kind of died. Yeah. It's not a thing that people like to do anymore. Also, I've taken a lot of classes in the wintery time, so people are like, I'm going to go home. I'm cold. Well, it just depends on the group, too. I feel like every mm-hmm. other group I teach is very, like, close-knit, and they want to hang out every time, and then mm-hmm. every other group is like, oh, I've got stuff to do, got to go home. Mm-hmm. But I appreciated study. our time here, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that's what we're thinking about. So you took all the classes, were on a team, and then you just kind of just stuck around, staying involved, all that? Yeah. Yeah, I started teaching classes, and... uh yeah, now it's funny because, you know, I was on, I am on the Johnsons, but we were in the riot for like four years, you I know? know, that's crazy. And then, um, I think it's really cool what they're doing with mm-hmm. having new house teams. I like that. It gives a lot more people an opportunity to perform and, you know, we still perform and we still get to hang out with each other and that's cool. I've, I've talked to you about this at length, but I feel like it, it deserves documentation because actually next week is going to be Scott oh, yay. on the show. Good. Uh, 
I guess that's a spoiler, but like, um, my improv experience has been very Johnson centric. Um, I've taken a class with or from, or been coached by, uh, Jesse, you, Nelson, and Scott's my coach. And I can't. It's 50%. That's what I'm saying. So like, I've, and then Gantz, I took a class from Gantz. Oh yeah. And as I've, as uh, you saw, I'll, everything I think about improv is Gantz. Basically out of Gantz's mouth. Yeah. yeah. If it's not out of Gantz's mouth, Gantz, it was out of someone's mouth who got it from Gantz yeah. kind of thing. Well, one great thing about, interesting thing about Scott is that um, he can just like remember things like word for word. So like mm-hmm. if someone says something to him and he finds it interesting, he can say it to someone else next week exactly the same way. So like... I've heard him say lots of Gantian things over the years, so that's why it's funny to me to hear you say them. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm like, wait, that's word for word. Yeah, I have to write them down. Also, I love that you just adopted the word Gantian because I feel like that's something <laughs> a, a phrase I'm going to. I, I want to be uh, credited with coining. I really think that Patrick would appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I uh, he left his phone in the green room. One, we were there. I, yeah. I was there. Yeah, and uh, I was trying to investigate see whose it was so we could like. Uh, figure out and he uh the only clue that was on there was like on the widgets page on the iphone we swipe left on the lock screen was the episode of the producers the first live episode and i was like he has listened to probably just the episode he was on oh, i've the live show but i'm sure if i told him that the johnsons have done a bunch of episodes uh was it sean jesse nelson yeah. you and then scott yeah and probably more and then we're doing the live episode yeah. Which you've heard about. Yes, I'm so excited. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm, I'm just excited to do anything with those guys. It'll be fun. Oh, Johnson's so great. I love that team. And yes, I was saying, I'm so influenced by <clears throat> that team. That That's one of my favorite things. Um, when I do think about improv, I think about the Johnsons and how they kind of do their, their improv. And that's, yeah, that's my big influence. I don't remember where this started, but that's where it ended up. Yeah. I love the Johnsons. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm excited to get to do that show. So, like... Creatively improv because I'm like a year and a half of doing it, so it's still very fresh. Um, you've been doing it for six years. Do you feel like there's any motivation there? I like creatively. I like the idea of motivation. I really latch onto the idea of better work, better product is due to motivation and due to being very passionate about it. Um, so I wonder how does motivation play into year six kind of thing, into into a performance-related craft. So, like, what is the motivation to keep going? Yeah, like, <clears throat> not necessarily what's the motivation to keep going, because I feel like um, I don't do it enough to, to like, need, like, oh, why do I want to get on stage, but more like a... The motivation to be good at it and to keep involved and like going to shows because you just go to shows sometimes. Yeah. And so like I feel like that's not a, that's not a common thing. So like what what motivates you to that this is still a huge part of your creative identity? I don't know if identity is the right word. I might be like throwing that on you, but like. Hmm. Well, I think that. Um, so. I would say like most people who know me would tell you that I can be almost annoyingly positive. And I think it's really important to have, like, positivity in, like, every day. And one way to get that is by laughing. 
So I think one big thing that keeps me coming back is just, you know, if I'm having a crummy day or something, if I go to a show or something, I'm going to have, I'm going to be laughing. And also the connection with people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I love, I love getting to sign up for like big bosses sets. Cause you know, you were talking about not always getting to perform with certain people. And that puts me in like connection with people. I don't always get to perform with. And that's just, I don't know, that feels good just to, especially right now when it's like dark outside in the, in the coming winter time, you know, just getting out there and doing something together to collaborate with people no matter what it is and knowing that they're going to like have your back no matter what you do, you know, that's that's interesting because uh, I feel the same way. Like I think about all the different things I've done. I've done. A lot, I've been doing like a lot of like stand up recently. I know that's awesome. It's so crazy because that was actually one of the goals when I first did this show. I had four goals: music, stand up, this show, and improv. And like finally getting around to doing that. Yeah. But the the thing that I wanted to bring up about that is like I've had a crew. Uh, Pete, Dan, and Annie have been. We've all been around each other, and like. We go to mics together and we do, we write together and we like hang out and do whatever together. And it's like having someone have your back really does, having a community really does make it really easy to do a creative thing. Um, especially when that creative thing isn't as delivering as improv. Because improv, I feel like, even if it's like a <clears throat> refinery crowd where it's five people and the other two teams are in the audience, mm-hmm. like I still feel very rewarded for doing whatever weird set we're doing. Whether uh, Yeah, same. But when I do an open mic and it's the open mic version of that crowd and it's it's a little smaller because it's like three people I know. Like Maybe it's just like me, Pete, and Dan that night, for example. It's like yeah. two people I know. They've heard my set a thousand times. It's less rewarding because that community is a little smaller and it's a little more cold. Yeah. Whereas a different community really does motivate you to do more and do better. So, like, for example, like doing improv, I feel like because it's, and this goes into a completely different thing, um, this this weird train of thought I'm having right now of, like, when with improv, like, you're creating something new and people are always like, I want to see what they create. Whereas, um, like, with stand-up, it's like, once you've seen my set, I'm not I'm not going to like invite you out to come until I have something new because I'm like you don't want to see the same jokes over again. Like that's yeah. not the point. But like, and that's I think a, a motivating factor for me. I knew I'd find the end of this uh, weird tension um, with the community, with the motivation, uh, getting to create something new. That to me, I think, is when you strip it of these are my friends and this is a fun thing to do. It's like I get to create something on the spot with other people who are just as excited to create that thing with me mm-hmm. and all working just as hard to make that thing good. Yeah. And with, within making that thing good, you make everyone good. That's, that's the thought I was coming to. And that's why I think improv is so good. Yeah. Well, I guess is the explanation put on that. Whatever you do, what do you, I mean, what else do you do during your days where you're having to collaborate <clears throat> with people and have people like pull their weight and just like immediately catch you if you fall like that, you know, who are you doing that with otherwise? Well, it's so funny because before I moved here, like, I didn't do anything creative. If you, like, I didn't, as a full-time student, full-time, worked full-time, and then I had two hours left at the end of every day to, like, 
play video games and decompress. And then I like did it all again, like five days a week. Whoa. And so then I moved here and I started working again and I kind of fell into the same trap of like, I'm not doing anything. A lot of stuff happened. And then I just, now that's all I do is like every day of the week is like, I'm doing something creative. I'm doing a practice or the show or going to see shows. Like I, I count the time seeing shows, not just like an entertainment yeah. thing, but also like a learning thing. And I'm a part of that, even if it's just from an audience standpoint where like I laugh and they know that that's the thing that creative was good kind of thing. Yeah. And so for me, the, when I ask people for their first creative moments, cause like mine was very late. Like I had like interspersed in my life. Like I made a comic when I was eight or I put on a play or whatever. I don't think I put on a play, but like all these little things. And so here are you like, I've done creative things forever. Or like the past couple people have had on just like, I always do creative things. Lori, Jonathan. Yeah. And it's just like, to me, it's crazy that I was able to go about this for so long without creating. But now you are. Exactly. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so interested to hear other people's stories, I guess. Yeah. Do you find there's like a lot more fulfillment in your, in your life? Due to that? Oh, interesting. Do you find that through your creative projects you feel fulfilled? Um, yeah. Well, I think that it's important to, like, as much as I love my job, I always think it's important to have, to set up things outside of that that you look forward to mm-hmm. so that you're always, you know, looking forward to something. I would never want to get stuck in a rut where I'm just, I'm just coming home and doing the same thing every single day. Like, I cannot imagine that, you know? Plus, we don't enjoy it. Huh? Especially if we don't enjoy it. Yeah, I don't think I could enjoy that. You know, I don't think that I don't think that I could go home and not have like something I'm thinking about working. Not to say that I don't ever just like go home and I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna lay on the couch today. You know, I totally do that sometimes, but not all the time. You couldn't do that for a week straight. I don't think so. No, unless I was sick, like sick. really sick. Or, like, been so busy, like, I'm taking a vacation kind of thing, or, like, maybe you go somewhere. But, like, I, the idea of coming home from work at 5 o'clock and not having anything to do for 7 hours till midnight, that sounds crazy. Probably yeah. because I've been I've been so busy, like, I'm always doing something, but, like, think, just, I think like, it sounds so empty. Like, I don't have anything to say about it because I'm just like, what, what is that like now? Yeah, and it's just fun to have things to look forward to, to do Different after things, work. different challenges, different projects. Like, one of my favorite things about doing this show and other shows is, like, I have a backlog now. Like, I have, I have had things that I've created. Like, I've yeah. done this for a year. You have something or, to show. And I think, even even just saying, like, I was a part of this, even if I didn't have something to show for it, let's say. Let's take let's take the the tangible aspect, like... Having all of that experience, like for me and maybe having other people kind of saying like, oh, you've done that for a year kind of thing. I think that is motivating in itself, but also it's motivating because I want to keep adding to it, but it's also motivating because I've done that. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like becoming who you are too, you know, like. Ooh, a new identity. Yeah. Like you're creating who you want to be. Okay. So. Oh, that's interesting. I like this. I want to figure out where to go with this because I like the like, idea. Yeah, I think about this all, not all the time. No, 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 please. I think about like, okay, if I was to like just fall off the face of the earth tomorrow, what do I have to show for it? You know, I like to think about that. Like what, what, what will last? I like photos. I've been on some albums, some nerd teaching awards. I don't know. Just like, what do I want to add to that? You know? Definitely want to write a book. 
Ooh. That's in there somewhere. What about? Uh, so, um, I, so in years past, I wouldn't say this year. This year's been like a crazy busy year, but I have like a long collection of stories that are like just really funny kid stories. And um, for years, people have told me like you have to write a book about this. So I, I do want to do that. To actually, it won't be hard, I don't think, because I have it all written down. I just have to be like, what's the next step? How, how do you publish a book? Interesting. And I also I have a lot of more ideas. Do you have a working title? That. No, no, I can't think of anything for for the title idea. Oh gosh, I, I can think I'm of a couple stuck. bad ones. Yeah, I think the first I one I have on was uh, from behind the desk. That's totally something that's crossed my mind. I'm like, nope, next. Yeah, see, I was like, I have like bad ideas. I like to do like the weird, weird uh, memoir titles. Would you would you consider this a memoir or like like a book no. of stories? Uh, yeah, just book of like really short little stories, like interactions between kids and me. Oh man, that, that's like that's all. I, all I want to think about now is like titles. And if you have any good titles, just send them to producerscast at yes, gmail.com. and pass them along to me. Absolutely. I'm just trying to get used to those email because I get no emails. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but every time I'm assuming people just skip through the the intro nowadays and just get right to the episode because. Well, no, I hear it, and I'm like, yeah, I hear you saying like email if you listen to it or whatever. But I'm like, also, I just told you I did, you know. I also have nothing to say. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I've got like three. Hey Jonathan, emails. hope you're having a great day. <laughs> I don't. I don't mind it, you guys. I don't. I don't mind it. Um, so the, writing a book. That this actually crosses into uh, something I've been talking with different people about. Specifically, last night I talked to Sean about this a bunch. Storytelling. Love Sean. Shout out to Sean. Oh my god, I love Sean. What an awesome, awesome guy. I also I get to be on. Coalition Junior with him right now, which of course by the time this comes out, it'll be over. Actually, this comes out in two days. Really? Yeah. So. Oh, I thought you usually have like a two weeks or whatever. <sighs> That's the goal, but this okay, is, cool. The win- yeah. winter time is is not only tough for like the weather, but like it's hard to schedule people. So when this comes out, then the last episode of Coalition Junior will is be in this a couple Friday. of days. Yeah. Yeah. So come out and see that. Oh my gosh, that has been. I told Sean, I was like, okay, from here on out. Any show you direct, I would like to be. I would like you to know I have interest. A, yes, I want to be in it. Well, should you be looking for someone right, like pin, me? Pin in storytelling. Um, even though this is probably relevant, working with Sean on that show. Let's talk about. I want to hear your thoughts on that show specifically because that is such a cool show, but also working with other people collaborating but also like someone in the director role um okay so sean is a totally awesome director oh my god and he he so his idea was that we would do a show that was based on degrassi Mm -hmm. and so he um put us together for rehearsals and and at first we just did some like character exploring and the idea would be that we all end up with a character that we stick with through the entire series and um he at first had us doing all these exercises like uh you know, okay, I want you to do this, but I want you to do it like a bad kid would do it. Or you do this like the arty kid would do it. You can be the goth kid for this scene. Can you be the jock for this scene? You know, just like really stuff like that. But he um, he approached these things in such a way that he, he knew exactly what he wanted us to do. Not too much at a time. Because, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, what, what if I'm bad? You know? And he would just give us like little nuggets of things to think about and work on. 
and then slowly we built our characters and he gave us frequent feedback so you know and a lot of positive feedback so like yeah I really like how you did this I really like how you did that keep that character thing maybe I'd like to see more of this with so-and-so's character and um and it's really fun because I've never been in a show that has it's partially scripted so he just gives us like a few plot points to hit during a show and Mm -hmm. he's like okay I want to have a locker scene I want to have you know some some vignettes where it's like you're interacting with this character and then on the next stage over so these two characters are interacting and we're going to go back and forth between those and he just has like a really clear layout and a thing he expects but then he also just wants us to be what we have in our head as these characters Mm-hmm. And for me, it's been really fun because I've always been like a super rule follower, goody two shoes, and I got ca- cast as the bad kid. And I was like, ah, I get to be the bad kid. Oh my god! It's so crazy because the way you portray it, it looks like that was his idea from the start. Hear, <laughs> hearing that that wasn't like set in stone, I'm just like, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Because Blaze is such a great character. Oh, my gosh. It is like... Mildred. Oh, my... Mildred. It's one of my favorite (laughs) things I've ever done. Also, just, like, the chance to get to be a character for an extended period of time and explore who that person is. I've only gotten to do that a couple of times, and I really, really like doing that. That's interesting. Character work, I feel like, in that that form, has got to be, like, so rewarding. Yeah, and just, like... You know, before every show, we just do warm-ups in character. Do you guys shake it out of character? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we do. You know, five things in character. Um, you know, other warm-ups, but it's all in character, which helps figure out who that is. I'm going to steal that. Yeah, and it's been fun, too, because, um, things that happen in practices that aren't in front of an audience remain common knowledge between the cast so like we have this like deeper understanding of each other's characters even if it doesn't come out on stage mm-hmm. which is really fun to play with the one thing i know behind the scenes i don't think it might have been brought up on stage um champ grew up like punching a mattress yeah oh yeah and then i saw a picture uh we were we, we were helping pete move and the mattress up against the wall and we were we, we were both like on the same page like we need to get some champ footage of mm-hmm. him punching or whatever <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that was something fun. Yeah, that sounds like I was. So I got to uh, be a directorial apprentice on Slasher. Oh and yeah. So yeah. very similar, where the characters are. I see that I see the show every week when they kind of run it. However, and I'm like, things that happen, I totally get because I mm-hmm. see it evolve and I know all the like behind the scenes things. Yeah. And some of the funniest things I saw were just in practice. Yeah. And so uh, I can totally relate and understand what you're saying about this junior high experience in practice and having things carry over. That's cool. I love Slasher. Oh, best show all year. Mm. Yeah. Rest in peace, John Hillowitz. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> love you, John Hillowitz. I think he's doing better. <laughs> I hope I think, your back is good. I think he's doing... I think he's still just in pain, but I think he can walk again. Yeah, with a cane. With a cane. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's kind of a good look for him. He can pull off cane. Hopefully not for too long, though. No, no, no. Yeah, you've got, he's got Pokemon to catch. <laughs> is, he still, <laughs> is he still a goer? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love that. I know that because I also am a Pokemonist. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I am somehow the mod of the Richmond Pokemon Go subreddit. Oh? hmm What does that mean? I just am in charge of making sure that subreddit doesn't go to shit, but I'm pretty what? sure it's dead. <laughs> I, I I was actually I forgot to talk about this. I was really into it that first summer 
Um, I was living. Oh no, two, it was two summers. Two summers ago, right? Yeah, twenty sixteen. Oh, golly, yeah, I guess so. This was when I first moved to Virginia, and I was living in Fredericksburg. Oh, okay. During it, um, and it got to the point where my mom was more into it than I was. My brother and I. My brother was ten years younger than me, so he was fourteen. I was twenty four. Or 25, 15, whatever. Um, so we were really into it, of course. Like, I grew up playing Pokemon, so I love, 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 love it. Oh, yeah. Um, and I got to the point where, like, we were tired. It would be, like, 10 in the summer. We're, like, laying in bed. And she's like, let's go. Let's go Pokemon. Let's go. Let's go hit some stops. Let's go do some laps and hit some stops and, and see what we could find. And we're like, oh, fine, Mom. We'll go play the video game kind of thing. And it was very, a very fun contrast. Oh, man. Me, Joni, Josh, and my boyfriend, Reggie, were like... Pokemon crew. Oh my gosh. I remember um, I made a couple trips to Richmond to, to see if it was where I wanted to live. Because um, I really, I, moved, I was in New Orleans and I just moved. Oh yeah. I was like, I'm going to go to probably Richmond, I guess. And one of my trips down there, I went to Monroe before oh, it closed. Oh yeah. Um, Pokemon Central. Yeah. It yeah. was a really fun evening. I was just by myself just yeah. playing and like, of course at that time everyone knows the phenomenon of like, everyone's friends now. We're all here for yeah. the same thing. Have a good time. And people are shouting out, oh my god, there's a the squirrel over here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was a very, a very fun memory I have. Uh, my, probably one of my first memories in Richmond um, was Poco hunting in uh, Monroe. Oh, yeah. That's such a fun time. I, I stopped playing when they... We started. were probably in the park at the same time at some point. That's crazy to think about. That's crazy to think about. Also, it's crazy for me to think about two years ago, what everyone was doing at the time. Yeah. Because there was a good, what, ten months, nine months when I lived here, and I didn't know the theater existed? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I, can, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like we're still growing a lot, you know? I feel like... I talk to people all the time who are like, either they didn't know we were there yet or they just heard it, you know, through word of mouth, you know. Like, I probably moved to Virginia during the third annual second best or however oh, when we okay. were on. Like, around was July, so probably around June second around that time. Second best fest. I love second best. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I imagine, like, how, how could things have been different if I had come earlier, like, per just by chance? Just wasn't meant to be yet. No, it definitely wasn't. I love yeah. the way it's gone, for sure. Where were we? Oh, Storytelling. That's what it, that was. The pin was pins out. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. I used to have a notebook. I, re- I found it the other day. I was going through old comedy notebooks trying to find new stand-up material, and uh, I remember I came across my old notebooks. I used to have people sign them. I used to take notes and like come up with things before time. And now I'm just like, oh, I haven't done that in, in a year at least. Um, storytelling. Oh, so as I was saying, I used to remember the pins easier because I could go over the list. No, that's great. But I'm now not good at going back to a part of a conversation. Mm-mm. Okay, storytelling. So I was talking to Sean about this, and because uh, sometimes, because I, I, I talk to Pete a lot, um, like outside the theater, or whatever. And sometimes I'll just start a story without even realizing it, and he's like, "I love that story," and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, thank you! Like that was fun to kind of say because it's something I had to really, really care about, or whatever." And so I asked Sean to tell me his favorite story, and I loved hearing his story. And so you talking about writing a book makes me think of storytelling and how oh, that's yeah. like a thing in my life right now. Like that's ever present. It's always somewhere. Storytelling is somewhere in my periphery or close by um, as a concept. Because yeah. something I've been thinking about a lot more, especially with doing stand up. My, my my set's more of a me telling a story now. Oh, cool. Yeah. <clears throat> so hearing you talk about wanting to write a book, um, that's another example of storytelling. Do you find there are a lot of storytelling themes in your life or creative life 
or teaching life, work life? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I actively think about enjoying telling stories all the time, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I'll, uh, for a while there, like, the kid story thing started with, like, me getting to the end of the day and being like, what happened that was funny today? <laughs> oh, I remember a funny thing, you know? Like and just, like, thinking about, you know, like, what's a funny thing that happened today? Just, like, actively coming up with stories that I could even just tell a person that I saw in passing, you know? Hey, Joni, here's a funny thing that happened today, you know? Um, I think about that all the time. But also, I mean, I listen to so many podcasts that are just that, you know, I think that, uh, that's really popular right now, even that, you know, just even in Richmond, we have, um, yeah, you know, people just gather to hear some people tell stories Mm -hmm. about a certain topic. And it's just so fun to hear people talk about, you know, their experiences or what they're interested in. And I definitely love that. And I love hearing stories. I love, uh, what's it called? Is it the album, the opener for improv shows when people each tell their own story? The one radio does? I don't know. Uh, they like tell a story and then they interrupt. And yeah. Keep interrupting. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what radio does. I don't know what yeah. it's called. I like that. A story, just, probably. That's one of my favorite things, things ways to hear um, people start a show. It's just hearing like genuine stories that have actually happened to people. I think that's why What Was I Thinking is such a popular show. Yeah, you actually hear and And everybody can relate to these, like, lame times in your life when you were, like, 13 and you mm-hmm. felt like such an idiot, you know? One of my favorite shows was the Halloween version of that show. Mm-hmm. I think it was the week before. Yeah. Um, where people just came on and told. Oh, yeah. The spooky ones? The spooky ones. Yeah, that was a fun one. That was a very fun one. Because it was like Anthony told the story there, and I've heard that story before. Yeah. Uh, he did it on this show, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, that was good. Such a yeah, fun I enjoyed story. that show. I enjoyed that show so much that I don't even know if I got on stage so many times, because I was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love spooky stories. What a great, yeah. And what a great cast, too. Like, I feel like that's kind of the fun thing, is when... Because I felt like the same. What was I thinking too? Even though like it was, there was like a lot of newer people. It's just like you can tell that they're enjoying the stories, and like it shows in the improv that's based yeah. on the stories. But yeah, storytelling to me as a concept is very present in my life right now. And after, uh, did you listen to Will Hicks number two? Mm. That one didn't get a lot of traction because nobody knows who Will is, and most of my listeners are just people who know everybody. Um, but I talked a lot about synchronicity on that one. And now I feel like um, <clears throat> a lot of things kind of line up. And I feel like storytelling, again, is such a thing. It's so, it's so prevalent that I'm so interested in it because it is so around me. And it keeps popping up, like, storytelling, storytelling, storytelling. Yeah. Like, All right, I'm listening. What's up? Kind of thing. Yeah. I think I have two goals in common with you, I, partially because of that, because the stand-up, I don't know. I want to at least take that class. You should take that class. Yeah, I think that would be just a really fun experience josh is taking about poss- talking about possibly taking that class and i'm like okay maybe if you take it i, oh I will not gosh. be so scared that i won't take it i know anthony's taking it yeah yeah oh and for some reason i thought he was already taking it no 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 he was yeah okay i think josh was telling me he would he was thinking about taking it and i will say um i know of a great little community that does open mics together oh i've heard of this that we're always trying to get more people to come out to i'm trying to get katie to come out oh yeah because i know she has some some funny yes. jokes um but yeah, uh, you should take stand-up class. Because I feel like, because um, yeah, Nathan Bemis at the last showcase, his whole set was one joke. But yeah. it was like a story. And he oh. told this whole thing. And I was like, that's the kind of comedy that I want to do. Like, what that's, another interesting person. Oh my gosh. He did the show 
before I really had my heels in mm-hmm. to the community and to what this show kind of is about. Um, and when it was still two hours. Oh, yeah. So I'd love to have him back on. I, I probably would need to listen to that episode again. <laughs> uh, common trend, I forget everything that I talk about with people on these oh, shows. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And I don't listen to them, ever. Yeah. Meh. I feel like that's too much. Um, so, yeah, I'm still, I'm sorry, I'm so stuck on the storytelling. So this book that you're writing, it, it may be more of a culmination of just, like, the what you mentioned. But I, I picture... Has any good creative thing that it's going to go through a lot of different stages of what it looks like? Um, do you think it would, by your looking at it now, do you think it would potentially incorporate a lot more of elements of you in your story as opposed to just the story of what happened? No, yeah, I feel like the reason that people tend to like these stories is because I don't ever, I don't tend to talk about my involvement. It's just like a child interaction and just like the way they think is so fantastically weird, you know, and they're just like not afraid of making mistakes and they just say these absurd things all the time, Mm -hmm. just regularly, you know. So I think that that's, that's the fun part about it, not me. I just happen to get to witness these things all the time. Because <laughs> I think about it, I'm trying to think about it as like a book. And like, I don't know, I feel like certain exposition could be something I would want to hear. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I love that you have a book. I, like idea, yeah, like a real one. I definitely feel like I want to. I should probably like run it by some people. I, I had to write this proposal for a thing last summer, and um, and I was afraid. I thought I would be afraid to like share it with people and ask them to like help me edit it. And it was such a rewarding thing to like run it by people and just um, have them give their honest feedback. So I should probably do that with this book idea and just you know have people run their eyes over it and and accept feedback on, you know... Get ready to read some red pen? Has this, yeah, I'm totally open to that. I mean, yeah, I'm, I don't, certainly don't think my... The way it is already is the best way it could be. But I've definitely gotten some feedback before and tried to change it, and I'm like, I don't know about some of this. <laughs> uh, I will... I, I definitely can relate to the idea of something being so new and raw that you get feedback, and you're like, you know what, you're not ready for the world yet. I'm going to keep you hidden Yeah. until I'm ready. Yeah. Like, some people have really strong... Um, uh, thoughts about how to organize material, you know? Oh, so, like, all these stories are, like... Lots of stories are, like, kids um, just understand a concept completely wrong. Or they totally say a wrong word that's absolutely inappropriate, but they don't know. You know, or, like, they just want to tell you about their parents' most personal things without realizing that that's really not cool to do toward their parents, you know? And um, <laughs> and so people I know who have read these a lot of these <clears throat> stories are always like, oh, you should organize them by topics, you know? Maybe it should be, like, a chapter about all the words they said wrong. And maybe it should be a chapter about all these weird parent things. But I I like when it's just kind of almost like a journal, like, as they came to me. Oh, so you have them chronological. Yeah. Oh, that sounds cool. Well, because then that plays into, which is totally fitting into what you're exactly what you're talking about, which is you tell someone about your idea and they immediately make it their idea. Mm-hmm. Which isn't a bad thing. It's, like, a different perspective. Uh, sometimes you don't want it, though, and I feel like that's what I would like worry about. Well, that's okay too. 
Um, I picture it again with with more exposition uh, because I find you interesting, and I feel like any reader would want to have the idea of like this is the author and this is the person who's experiencing experiencing these things. And also, you give us like a different lens to see through it. Mm-hmm. So, if you have a chronological, then I totally am buying into more into the idea of having more of a Serpa storyline kind of thing. I mean, I would definitely put like a whole introduction from me, but then just go right into kid stuff. You have to see what I'm talking about. Yeah, I I uh, I feel like most people who followed me on Facebook before this year. I've read like a lot of these things, but you know, just stop posting them. And I have not posted as much in this past year, just because I've been super duper, you know, into other things. I have a bunch of new friends that are teachers, and I feel like I've seen—I want to say I've seen you, but maybe in somebody else who also has funny interactions. Maybe that's just like a teacher thing, though. Well, everybody who's a teacher has funny interactions. I mean, especially if you work with, like, really little ones. Mm-hmm. You know, they ooh, they are funny people. <laughs> yeah. The funniest, weirdest people I love to know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so great. And I, I, I seriously, the fact that, like, like you're going to have a book one of these days is so, like, such a big deal to me. Yeah. All right. I said it aloud on a podcast, so I, mm-hmm. I have to do it. <laughs> but I'm geeking out about it. So like, uh, yeah, I've been saying I'm going to do it for a good few years now. So maybe you need more material. Maybe you need it to be, I think I have enough material. I've got so? a lot of material. Yeah. How, how big would you want it to be? Not giant. Uh, like plus or over under a hundred pages. I think a hundred might be good. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't need to be a crazy. Doesn't need to be a Harry Potter novel. No, 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 no. I don't want it to be that. I want it to be something that could just like sit around, you know, on like a coffee table and just like, oh, do you want a funny laugh? Here's here's the thing, you know. Oh, so maybe like one of those poem books where there's like a one poem per page kind of thing. That kind of thing. Oh, interesting. But I, I have some more like ideas as far as like visual. Oh, I can't wait to see stuff. what that eventually turns yeah. into. I don't want to say too much because I don't know. I'm still brainstorming here. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, what was I going to say? Also, I feel like, uh, and I don't mean to put the pressure on, but like that could inspire future teachers. That would be cool. Yeah, teachers need a lot of inspiration. But and that totally Especially circles in back. The beginning. Yeah, that totally circles back to what I was saying about uh, just the different things that you work on, like motivation, but also inspiration. Like, like you got gifted a camera, right? That's what you. Yeah. So like that nobody made you use it kind of thing and then like with improv it's like you kind of got inspired by someone you knew and watching shows and then music you just had a flute and played it yep that's the thing i think i'm most fascinated about because I'll, I'll, i'll narrow it down to our community like we have so many different people and just seeing how everyone got here is like what what was the the set of circumstances like? I found out about the theater through a Tinder date. It was her idea to go to the to go to oh, the wow. show, and we went to a show. And then I had the emails, and I had been thinking about like improv. Like I again, I've been listening to this podcast for a while, and he had mentioned improv, but it never really like I was ever like I want to do that, or I definitely wouldn't think I'd be like obsessed with it. Like no, I am I now. Either. Yeah, especially going to that first show. I was just like. I think I, I think I was really impressed. Um, it was a good night. It was KGB. Oh gosh, yeah. 
That was it's, such a funny show. Oh my gosh, that's a great show. I, yeah. I'll never take the poster on my wall. I'll never take that one down because my first, like first show. Oh yeah, I got to be on a team with Jonathan Nelson. It was the. Yeah, the purple nurples. Purple nurples. Yeah. I, when I was looking for pictures of Nelson for his thing, <laughs> I had I saw that picture. I was like, "You guys went with whipped cream on your face? It's crazy." Yeah. <laughs> you guys went into the show. You know, they do terrible things to you. Oh yeah. <laughs> we got lucky. The people on the other side of the stage had to do all kinds of gross things it's, and have weird things happen to them, and we really we got pretty lucky. Is David? David and um, Josh Wright. I think it was David and Josh Wright, yeah. yeah I know Josh Wright was on the other side of the yeah, stage. They were wearing diapers and they had their hair like Ooh. Yeah. It was ugh. That was that was one of my favorite shows because it was just so crazy. Yeah. And I uh I love that they could bring some version of that back. We could. We need to. Yeah. Like what was I thinking? If like this show could always work. That's um, a show, yeah, that could happen at any time. Oh gosh, so fun. Yeah. How do you feel? I feel good. It's about what you expected it to go like? Yeah. Do we hit on everything? I think that's my third question. Do we hit on everything that you wanted to hit on? Yeah. Anything I missed? Um, I I mean, you know, you can't hit a, per- a whole person's entire life uh, <laughs> in in an hour and change. Yeah, I feel I feel good. So I guess, I guess what you're saying is there has to be a, a serpent too where we uncover the rest of it? Uh, sure. I'm always interested in doing second episodes, but you have yeah. to wait two and a half months. Okay. 14, 14 <laughs> episodes is the rule. Uh, you know that, that I've been, I've been, I, cause we had, t- I, I had talked to you a little bit about being on the show months ago. Yeah. And I remember, um, it was around the forties because I had made an episode profile for you. Oh, wow. And I, what I, what I do is I make them for people who I've talked to about, like I really plan to, and it's not often like you, were, you and Pajor were the two that I was like, I had made well ahead of time. <clears throat> And I put it, again, so far ahead in the future um, as an episode number because I'm like, you don't want to get out of the way. Yours was 52 at the time. And that was far away from where I was. Pajor was 51. Oh, yeah. And now you're 64. Like, that's the episode you'll be. Oh. And it's just crazy to think, like, that was so... It was, like, months ago. It was, like, four or five months. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Long time in the making. Yep. Um, so I need to update your plugs for sure. Do you have any uh, plugs that you want to... <laughs> off the top of my head. Uh, let's see. Come to uh, Friday night, last episode of Coalition Junior. And uh, the Johnsons we play this coming Saturday night. Um, Sweet Sweet Angel Babies is playing at Festivus on Thursday, Ooh. December 13th at 9.30. Those are off the top of my head. And then, uh, does Johnson play every third Saturday? Mm-hmm. Last one? I don't know. Oh, is this the fourth one? Oh, thanks. Oh, when this comes out, this is the last Saturday, I think. Oh my god! Yeah, I think it's the last Saturday oh, of the month at ten o'clock. That's crazy. Oh gosh, this is so, going by so fast. Um, and then uh, social media plugs. Social media plugs. Uh, let's see. I'm on Twitter, uh, Serpalerpa, and Instagram. Lauren Serpa photographs and Serpalerpa. Where does Serpalerpa come from? Just my last name and whatever came after that. That had to have that had to have sprouted from somewhere. I guess I was just like Instagram. This won't be a thing. I'll just write this, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then now like people like <laughs> people I know who I don't even know that well. I'll just like walk into a room somewhere in town. I'll hear like Serpal Erpa. I'm just like, oh my gosh, is that true? Uh huh. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I know. Social media is such a weird thing like that. 
feel like uh, anytime I go somewhere, you know, like the Broadberry or something, there's always somebody who's like, oh, oh Simple Larpa. that's right, because you have these sweet-ass connections. And it happens with me, too. You know, you see somebody, and it's like, ooh, have I met that person in real life, or do I only know them on social media? I definitely have, a, especially because you, like, start to follow them, just make mutual, like, oh, 38 people you know follow this person. I'm like, that's probably someone I know. Follow. Yeah. And then I'm like, I don't know you, but I've seen you. And then you see them, like, I follow you on Instagram. Yeah. And, like, yeah, in the music community, that's, like, I don't know, at least the people I know. It's, like, kind of a, it's, like, a big old family. And then every now and then you see somebody you don't know. It's like, wait, who are they? I think I've seen them on the webs. The, I, I say for the theater community because we are really close that that's not a thing but for the stand-up I'm new to it and so I don't def, definitely can oh, see yeah. like uh, and that's one of my favorite things about these communities is they're all the same but they're all very different kind of thing yeah but there's uh, like a scene like I remember the scene you know getting out of college and then just like all of my friend friends are musicians uh, and then kind of breaking into this comedy crowd was like oh my gosh there's a whole thing for this that I'm just kind of figuring out, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I remember, like, after my, I don't know, maybe it was my 101 showcase going, we used to go to Station 2, uh, down in, what's that, Chaco Bottom, I guess, um, after all the shows, and just, like, standing there and being like, oh, my God, I'm going to talk to Katie and David and Matt, and I'm getting, I'm trying to get in the scene, you know, the comedy scene. It's, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it's funny, it's funny to think about now. There's a reason that it took me so long to ask them to, like, do the show. And then, like, there's a reason, like, Newman still hasn't I was going to say, has Matt been on here? No, not yet. I'm too afraid to ask him. No, you have to. I'm sure he'd be cool with it. I'm sure he'd be down. Yes. But, like, yeah, there's so many people. You're still a big get, like, for the show. Oh, gosh. Thanks. That's true. 100% true. Thank you. But, uh, yeah, so it's, like, it's still... Because I always worry, like, I like you bring someone on, and like, I don't know if I'll do their episode justice. Like, I don't know if I'll be relaxed enough to be, like, a good episode kind of thing, so. I feel like that. I feel like the first 20 minutes of sitting here, even, I was just like, you're asking me questions, and I was like, I feel like I can't tell if the words coming out of my mouth are actual words right now. (laughs) That's me, like, at the end of a school day, too, though. That's the beautiful thing about this show is, I will say, I do get to notice uh, when you stop thinking about it. It's really obvious. Yeah. It's really fun being, being on this side. Oh, yeah, I can tell you go on, like, a, like a rambly rant. Just like, blah, 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 blah. Did I answer a question? <laughs> did, did I even ask a question in my long question? <laughs> I, I feel like I did that all once tonight. Cool. Um, well, yeah, we got your plugs. Yeah. And I long day, so I'll let you go home. All right, cool. <laughs> Thank you for doing it. You have to say goodbye now. Um, goodbye, and happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> and happy Christmas tune. That's it. <laughs>